Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Today is the Piddle Show, I've decided. It's not Balloon Party. You know, maybe it's always been the Piddle Show. It's always been. Maybe I'm just finally realizing it. Yeah, take some time. Took me 10 months, but this is the Piddle Show. Welcome in Balloon Party 101 ESPN DBA Piddle Show. Uh, you can get involved on said Piddle Show, 65780. Leaving a mic drop, 101 ESPN app. Timothy Michael McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. Chris Kerber going to be with us to discuss uh, what was... Uh, Jackson, how would you describe it? Uh, the Blues just got outplayed. Okay. They had opportunities, but they didn't finish Early them. Early on, had opportunities. It was. It struck me, and maybe I was looking for it because I went into it going, I wonder if they can finish this road trip strong and actually win here. And I'm like, ah, it looks like they're a little off. And then the floodgates broke open, and, and it got away. from. It was a tight game yeah. going into the... Uh, Third the third period, period yeah. but uh, got away. Scoreless in the first period. I thought Thomas Grice was good. Yeah. thought yeah. he was tested early on and uh, and withstood. The Blues had some opportunities, weren't able to convert, and then it got away in the third period. And so they suffer their first defeat last night at the hands of the Winnipeg Jets, who seemingly, minus 2019, have really had the Blues uh, and owned souls. But uh, in this case, the Blues... Uh, come back to St. Louis, and I'll take hey, I'll take three and one. It's not. Are you concerned about scoring six five seven eight zero? I think they intentionally adapted the way things were on on Saturday against Edmonton, but has been a little slow going. If you're looking for something, yeah, right. I think from a goaltending standpoint to see Grice, which I think was a question mark for some people. I know Darren Pang's super high on him. Uh, probably come away from that feeling better, I would imagine. Yes, I realize it's a 4 nothing total, but if you watch the game, he was put to the test quite a bit. What, 43 shots for the Jets, if I'm not mistaken? Sounds right. Um, so from that standpoint, um, I would imagine there are some Blues fans who are disappointed, uh, understandably so, but are you concerned? But like I said, 3-1 and one to start the season. You go out there, take 2-3, or three, come back, see how things go tomorrow, and uh, get a lot of action this week after a slow start to the season. So I am not, I am not upset or concerned right, you're at gonna, the moment. We'll yeah. see what Chris Kerber says. 10.45, Jackson, is that the That one? is the plan. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, what are you going to do? You, you win some, you lose some. Shen kind of got caught playing the body, overplaying the puck, kind of allowed that first goal, and then just some kind of guys some watching, doing some some watching instead of some playing on the second one. And watching of, instead of playing. Yeah, kind of guys, uh, puck watching is what I call it, Tim, and uh, they got be got to be player watching. And they got a little bit exposed, but hey. You're not going to win every single game, and to take, like you said, taking three, not bad. Uh, Blues weren't motivated to win because they knew Jackson was not supporting them. That's from the six three six. Oh, I was supporting them. Is that right? Yeah. Why wouldn't I? See the way I have now done it because I am not 
as well-heeled as you, right. who revealed yesterday that you have three televisions in your apartment, mm-hmm. even though you, as far as I know, live by yourself. I do. Um, I will watch something on my television, and then I will either watch on my phone or on my laptop. Mm-hmm. So last night, watch with my sons. I don't know how much my eight-month-old could really <laughs> comprehend, but my uh, five-year-old is skating, and so I uh, watched with him, and then I created a bunch of daily fantasy sports lineups for the uh, Patriots and Bears, made the sharp play of uh, Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Sharp play. He's good. But I had Mac Jones on the lineup, and then he gets benched, and yeah. now all of a sudden That's I'm rendered I'm rendered useless, yeah. just like I am from 10 to 11. Yeah, I was... I really wanted to bet the under that game because the rain was going oh, down. Oh, you would have been. I would, have I would been. imagine the money last night. Although I saw right before the kickoff, Adam Schefter goes sixty-one percent of the bets in Las Vegas are on the Bears. Wow, really? And they were stunned by that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't look it up. I didn't bet it. People get sharper. Bet a substantial amount of money on the Bears money line. Got paid handsomely. I think Big it was plus three hundred. That was an eight and a half point kick. It was eight, yeah, it kicked off at eight and a half. And what was the what was the total that you were going to bet the under on but didn't? Forty. So I would have been yeah, done, been shipped. done by halftime, and uh, well, not done, but they would, the game script would have been clear. But I saw the rain was coming down, and I looked at it, and I was like, man, the under looks juicy, but I bet everyone now is going to be hammering that under, and when everyone hammers something, the other well, way then you Then you made does. a nice choice. I just I laid off of it, because I knew I wasn't going to watch it, so I was like, why, like, why would I? And why did you know you weren't going to watch it? Well, I had the Blues game on, nice. the secondary TV, and on the, the main TV oh, was... No. Uh, was, just when I thought, just when I thought we were making some progress, the Blues were relegated to what is known as the secondary TV. Right, it's the smaller of the TVs, but it's. Well, you know, it was on the main TV. The main TV was uh, Celtics and Bulls, uh, and then I'd flip back to go to a uh, little Memphis Brooklyn action. So I had both of those on. So the tertiary TV was rendered useless, and I wasn't going to put it on uh, Monday Night Football because I was not interested in it. Uh, guys, let's be honest. Jackson was watching the Rockets beat the Jazz last night. It's no, no, the Jazz turned out three and zero. What's going on? But uh, now they're three and one. But uh, no, Snyder. apparently, I think they're trying to tank and they keep winning. <laughs> um, same with the Spurs. But uh, regardless, I just uh, I was I had both of them on, which is great. That's that's what sports viewing is about: watching what you want to like, watching what you want to watch, and putting it on two TVs. I wanted uh, to watch the Blues. Guys, if David Perron was on the Blues, there'd be no way they would have been shut out last night. Uh, but we would have lost by five goals. Thanks. The three one four. O'Reilly had a chance right at the beginning of was at the second or third period, where kind of a puck went awry and he was right there, basically a breakaway and couldn't get it. Well, in. as Craig Bruby said, had opportunities, didn't execute. Yeah. And it's the nature of the beast. You know, you watch the best hockey team I've seen in my life. I'm curious. I'll just put. I'm not even. You know what? I'm not going to identify. I'm going to ask you to remind me of it. Okay. After the break. Okay. Best hockey team. Since 2000, because that way I can include all of our friends in their 20s. This is a show that trends younger, according does, to the research. Yes. Uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever. You can all go, but we're going to go through since 2000, okay? So if you want to throw out, you know, a, one of the 80s Oilers teams, right? I can't, I, can, I, I can't accept it. So since 2000, to me, there is an obvious answer. But maybe I'm wrong. Even that team would lose some games. Hell, um, the Blues got them. So the, the nature of the beast is you just can't do it year in and year out. Yeah, the team that I'm thinking of lost, you know, I'm not going to give it away because then I'd be giving away what I'm thinking. I think I know it's you, the team, but I can't. I'm not going to say it. 
Do you think I'm thinking of the 2016 Warriors? But I'm actually talking about no the 2000s, the teens. Yeah, the teens. And the 20s. Now that we're in the roaring 20s. We are in the yeah. And it in has the been mist. roaring ever since 2020. It has been roaring. I'm in rather long. Uh, that uh, that would be. Let's see if we got any. Uh, Got any, no, nobody's named it yet. Nobody's named it yet. Uh, I wish I had a job where I don't have to pay attention to it. How do you work on a sports show and not watch the primetime game? That's from the 314. I, I, I just explained that I was watching that. Are you talking about the Monday Night Football game? I, I can't answer. This was right. from the 314. I just and usually said I do text in for my burner, but in this case, this wasn't one of mine. I just said I watched the Blues game. Like, uh, Do they just not believe me? I don't know. I think... You did yourself no favors by saying it was on the secondary TV, and I'm going to give you my reasoning. Number one, it conveyed that you not only, once again, have multiple televisions. That's right. Number two, it was so irrelevant to mention that it was on the secondary TV mm-hmm. because, to me, that was an intentional shot. And then by mentioning the inevitable of whatever NBA game it was, in this case Celtics-Bulls, uh, that that it's like, you know what you're doing? You're poking the beehive. You're poking the beehive. Meanwhile... Your older, more seasoned, highly beloved, yeah, unbelievably talented. Thank you. Yep. Tells a story about watching the game with his sons. I don't even have children. <laughs> it's a ruse. <laughs> I don't even have children. It's a ruse. So every time I've met your children, they <laughs> that's correct. It's all part your of nephews. the nephews. I don't even have children. <laughs> I was I was playing poker for fourteen hours yesterday, <laughs> and absolutely effed up on a loyal sponsor, Telemordu. That's what I was doing all day. Nope. Did the Blues play? According to the box score, they did. I wasn't watching the story about my boys. I have to keep them straight. I think I said they're five and eight months. I don't know. But I know it'll ingratiate me to the audience. Right. Meanwhile, you, younger, naive, telling a story of your multiple televisions, the Blues being relegated to the second television, and then, of all things watching the NBA, I mean, you are you are the perfect heel. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Right. And the reason that the Blues were on the secondary TV is I had there the is lo- there can there can be no justification. No, there is. So I had uh I had Bally's on my computer and I HDMI cabled it into the TV and it was easier to do it that way because I have league pass on my main TV. So oh. I didn't want to switch it all around and that was just how it worked. If I had my druthers they would be on the bigger TV. That was a joke. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was about to three bet it with seven high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just, it was that was not. That was Why not are the you case. even on St. Louis radio? It's from the six one eight. That was from my burner phone. That's a fantastic question. That's a fan. I mean, I can't I can't argue with that. Whether the radio would I be on? I guess so. I live here, you know. I don't want to commute. Maybe they'll hire a new Chi Town. You can talk bowls. Maybe they'll hire you in Boston. Yeah, I could talk about the drop coverage on the pick and roll. Nice. Cost them. Tim, he's lying to us again. That's from the 314. Nice brag about having league pass. That's from the 636. It's gotten away from you here. That's a brag. It is a brag when you can afford something that's $15 a month. (laughs) I'm glad the audience is on to you because I'm candidly appalled. You're tired of it, and I can't blame you. I am tired of it. I I can't blame you. I've been sitting here with a ruse of having a family and watching Blues games when in reality, like I said, just intoxicated playing poker for 14 hours and just wander in here and act like I watched the game with kids on top of it. I don't even have them. Did you make any money in this poker? No, this is a mess. (laughs) I'll be under an overpass with NBA League Pass.
Hey, if uh, else. Let's see what we got. We got Chris Kerbert, uh, 1045. Although I, I'm getting a sense that Jackson's not confident that's happening. And uh, that's something the textures who already, they smell blood. Yeah, I noticed that he, you were talking about Kerber. And... I was watching the uh, end of the final season of Yellowstone, the first season of Yellowstone, following the Blues and Jets. Mm. And when I, it was clear that my Khalil Herbert play wasn't going to lead to riches for me in my daily fantasy team. And uh, and I noticed that uh, there's a scene where the uh, bear is getting eaten by coyotes. And I feel like today, the audience, the coyotes, you, sir, the bear. Mm. And they they realize that there is a wounded or just a carcass out there for the feet in time. Yeah. So and I, you did it to yourself on top of it. We're going to have a nice little conversation. You've sent in some wonderful questions. Yeah. So I'm the wounded bear heel? Wounded bear or the carcass uh, of said bear yeah, well, and the audience, the coyotes, and they are just going to devour you over the next 45 minutes. That's what I sense. Come and get me. And you, but you did it. Yeah, you I just, know. Yeah, I watched the Blues game last night. It's a shame. You know, it looked like they did a lot of watching and not a lot of playing or whatever. And people are like, okay, I guess Jackson watched it. Hell, I don't know. Not really tuning in to hear his insight on it anyway. But it sounds like he watched it. Tip of the cap. But instead, you said secondary TV mm. to watch the Bulls and Celtics. And to me... Either that's just ignorant or it's intentional. I can't tell on that one. I'm going to call and I'm going to see what happens on the turn. And to be fair, I was flipping around the entire league last night. It was this, The entire NBA? Yeah, the Celtics and Bulls was the main game I was oh watching. God. But when we go to break, I would kind of flip it over. Kerber read you the riot act last week, and I think he might just come after you here. We have Kerber at 1045. Oh, there it is. I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> he's fired I really up. Do, I do hope I he's watched, listening. I watched last night. What am I supposed to do? If you go to a sports bar, there's multiple TVs on. But you don't, the, the thing about the secondary TV, again, flashing wealth, NBA League pass, super brag. Yeah, it's crazy. And now the, the thing with it's on the secondary TV. Yeah. Well, it's it's just, that's how it worked. It doesn't, it, you know, actually the secondary TV is a better sight line for me. The other one, I kind of craned my neck, you know, well, high ceilings. The primary TV? High, high ceilings. Well, because it gets smaller. It's a smaller television. Mm. TVs are cheap now. It's astounding that Jackson has not been offered a scholarship to the broadcast school. That's from the 636. I'm good. Tell Lil Druthers he isn't special. I have three TVs at my house, and the Blues are always the primary game because I actually love St. Louis. There you go. We're giving away text of the day. If we aren't, we should because that is, that is it. You know, I feel like most people have multiple televisions in their home. Television sets. I'm going to start calling them television, television sets. Television sets. It's yeah, very nice watching, of you. I'm watching on the television set. Uh, Chris Kerber will be with us at 1045 Action Jackson with a potpourri of questions here that we will tend to, including to the award-winning Lil Piddle's percentage over under knee-jerk reaction corner. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh, my goodness. It keeps getting better. That's yeah. the thing. Is it, it develops. You think we can't get any better, but we do every time. And that is uh, that is coming up along with a uh, discussion on uh, MLB and NBA tanking. And uh, Chris Kerber at uh, 1045. That's what we have for you. Coming up on Balloon Party, text in 65780, although many of you have chosen to do that without instruction already and leaving a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. The program is called Balloon Party. It airs on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Techs are coming in fast and furious, and I can tell you this. You have landed some jabs, maybe even a couple uppercuts. He's looking. He might not act like he's looking, but he's looking. 
And you found some favorites during the commercial break. Oh, yeah. There were some strong texts that came in that were highly critical of myself. And you know what? Sometimes you got to look in the mirror, Tim. Tim, when are you switching to the secondary and or tertiary sidekick? That's from the 314. Well played. Another text of the day going out. I I relish being a sidekick. That's kind of like my territory. Being you the, you fancy yourself as the Ed McMahon, Andy Richter. Yeah, because you can't. It's like backup quarterbacks. Like you're the most popular guy in town. Well, that certainly is a matter of opinion based on the data that's coming in at the particular moment. This to me makes you the most popular man in town, though. The Lil Piddles percentage slash over under slash knee jerk reaction corner. How is this not sponsored? That's what I'm saying, Ryder. You listen. <laughs> He's he laughed. It was met with uproarious <laughs> laughter <laughs> when I said that. Uh, wow, and we have a couple blues questions to start today's Lil Piddles percentage over under a knee-jerk reaction corner. That's right. Jordan Biddington over under 53 and a half starts this season. Yep. That's the right number. Mm-hmm. That's almost That was pulled straight from Las Vegas, mm. it seems like. Um, boy, that puts the man to the test. you got to factor in, you've got to be bullish on health. Right. Boy. His p- previous high is 50. I'm going to go under. But it's not because I don't think he's going to perform well. Right. It's just the health, and inevitably, I just feel like he's going to miss some, and that's it. Just that would be right. pretty high. I mean, I, I feel like it's the safe mathematical bet. It's a bet that I won't be placing, so therefore, I hope to be wrong on it. Mm-hmm. What is my record on predictionary, by the way? I feel like I had to pick up some wins here recently. I think you're twelve and six. Okay, sixty-seven percent is solid. When I really want to pack a lunch, let's see if there's another one of these that gets me worked up. Are you going over or under? Jordan Bennington plays goal, by the way. Um, I will say under just because you're right. Like there could be just like a couple days where he has to take off for health and just general rest. I think that and It'd be I kinda, a wonderful thing if he were able to go over right. for a variety of reasons. But also at the same time, like if they're in a good enough position, you know, there would be games where you know say, hey, take a day off, Benner. Uh, let's see. The Blues are active at the trade deadline percentage. Wow, we're already going to this. I know it's it's too early, but you know they've only played four games, so. Uh. Well, I know, but that's why it's too early. Well, it's tough. To, it's tough to ask questions about a team that's only played. Okay, hey, listen, it's the little piddles percentage over under a knee jerk reaction corner. Whatever you want to put in there rolls right off the tongue. Right. Um, yes, I would say so. I mean, this is so. <laughs> this question irritates me. It's like the best of three series and best of five for that matter. Yeah, uh, especially for something as important to the Major League Baseball playoffs or the Lil Piddles percentage over under knee jerk reaction corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say yes, just based on track record. And I don't know where else to go with it, though. Yeah, I know. I kind of it's a bad question. Okay, I, I wrote well, and, and it question. was our second of six. So I mean, I what does that say for three, four, five, and six? Well, it scares me. It was the second of the Blues questions. The first one I was very confident in. <laughs> My, I ran out of uh, Uno cards essentially, but. Okay. Uh, uh, I would say that they would be probably to get a goal scorer, some goal, some scoring. Wow, you're, you're critical of a team with a no, bunch of twenty goal scorers last no, year. But I mean, I granted, just, uh, Perron's not on the squadron this right. year, and it's all depends on health. You know, if someone gets an injury that's going to cost them six months, then you might have to replace them. So it's a bad question. Okay, uh, Lil Piddles is acknowledging a bad question. The Cardinals increased their payroll for the 2023 season. Uh, yes, uh, my percentage on that. God, here's the thing. I'm about to speak with a semblance of certainty, and I was so confident last year. I suppose if I want to give them an out, you didn't know what the situation was going to be with the work stoppage, but it's not like other teams shut it down with regards to spending. I, and I realize we're 
in a way, it's Monday morning quarterbacking it because the postseason was a debacle and September was a debacle. But, you know, we just started here in January, but, I mean, we've been doing TMA since 2004, so mm-hmm. we have a pulse. For people. I just, maybe people just weren't talking baseball last year, but I felt like the fact that the Cardinals only went out and got Steven Matz and then basically when, you know, it was the market was kind of over and there was just a guy out there and Corey Dickerson and then eventually Albert Pujols, which was not like, oh, nice, they've taken care of this spot. Right, it right. was like, oh, sweet, Albert Pujols will be back and it'll be his final year. It wasn't viewed as like a key piece as it wound up becoming. <laughs> right. That the, There wasn't much attention on the lack of activity for the Cardinals last year in the offseason. I'm not saying because I'm sure some people are going, well, I was upset about it. But I'm talking about in general, having a, a feel for where people are. Like, for example, there is still, even though it's been, we're approaching three weeks since the Ali Marmol, Ryan Helsley situation, that one still has as much fire as it did a week ago. But I thought the fact that they really didn't do much in the offseason was glaring, yeah. but it ran parallel with the work stoppage. Yeah. So I think that is why this year... I was reading Derek Gould's chat transcript yesterday on STL Today. I was reading that this morning before coming in to do the shows. And Derek Gould said one of the things that caught the attention of baseball people at the trade deadline was the fact that the Cardinals were willing to take on Juan Soto's contract for 2023, which told them of the Cardinals' perception of their flexibility financially. Sure in 2023 so if they were willing to do it then that tells you that they can add on and they have to right they have have to to. have to they have to considering the outfield i mean the outfield situation has been bad for a while and i recognize one may go what about 2021 but those numbers were not what those guys had done throughout their career dick carlson's super young at the time and it's not like o'neill had been some guy that you can count on as an offensive centerpiece that was the outlier 21 was the outlier so i just don't know how they don't and in gould's impression for the record since i read through this this morning and certainly respect his opinion in a major way, is that the Cardinals need to lengthen their lineup. And by that, he means you can't just have two guys. You have to have three guys. And then if Jordan Walker kills it or Tommy Edmond kills it or they get something somewhere else that they weren't necessarily expecting, if O'Neill is still around and he kills it, then great. But you can't be essentially all in offensively on two guys. And yeah. in 2022, that's what the Cardinals were. And I think, and I think even the Cardinals would acknowledge this, they're not a 93-win team if they're playing in any other division in the National League and really any other division in baseball, perhaps with the exception of the American League Central's, you know, comparable clown show to the National League Central. Uh, so my expectation is 80-plus percent. The only reason I don't go higher is because I was in that same percentage last year and they really didn't do much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the seventy percent uh, range, and I agree with the Juan Soto thing. To me, was like, yes, the Cardinals are willing to spend money because obviously it would be a trade piece, but they would take on his contract in twenty three. And I just get the general vibe that they're looking to like not land like the splashiest player, but land somebody big to really increase productivity on offense. And well, I, I mean, get here's feeling. here's reality. Even though we're we're celebrating, or however you'd want to view it. Uh, the end of the Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina era, albeit with Pujols not being here from 2012 through 2021, but that era and the bookends of that and whatever Adam Wainwright decides 
Um, and people such as Dan McLaughlin, not saying that he knows, but, you know, saying that his expectation, if he had to make one, would be that Wayne Wright's back next year, um, is is that Paul Goldschmidt and Owen Arnato are not in their mid-20s. No. So another chapter will be closing, yeah. albeit not as storied as the Molina Pools Wainwright one. And you got to capitalize on that. Yep. Uh, in St. Louis, we've been very fortunate with the Cardinals that every year feels like it could be a championship. And they have had incredible success when it comes to getting to the postseason. But recently, the performance in the postseason has been poor, and it's been revolving around offense. Pitching was good enough, granted it was two games, but was certainly good enough to win that series yeah. uh, from your starters. Absolutely. And so what, what Gould's impression was, you got to tend to the outfield first. Outfield, 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 catcher, and then a distant third is what you do with um, with the starting rotation. Uh, this is This is kind of a visual... For question four here, I happen to see it, so I know what you're talking about. Uh, for the little piddles percentage over under a knee-jerk reaction corner, the NFL is investigating referees asking for an autograph for Mike Evans. Jackson, I'm going to turn the tables on you and ask an arbitrary percentage. What percentage of this audience has seen the video? 35%. Okay, so we're talking to one-third of our audience right now. Yeah, oh, this is what the this is what the corner is all about. Alienation is the first crux it's the first pillar so really it's essentially the first two segments is alienating the audience mm-hmm. yep okay yep. so mission accomplished has has there been an update on this uh not that i've seen i've seen all i've seen is that they are investigating it i just wanted it to need that, you have seen need. the video oh yeah yeah okay I was about to post it on social media with my opinion, and then I forgot that I don't <laughs> post things do on social yeah. media with You're my opinion because it's like oh, I have you know wife and children and don't really want to bring negativity into my life, so I shall not I shall not engage. Right. But my initial reaction when I saw the video of it was he wasn't signing an autograph, but because the story frames it, at least the headline I wrote and I read, and I think it was on ESPN, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was reported by where did they play? They play in Charlotte this weekend, I think yeah. that's where they were. Yeah. It was reported by and listen, I'm is an AM radio guy through and through. Uh you know, up until this year, um, it's not to downplay it, but it was like by 1430, the sports animal or something in Charlotte. Look at Mike Evans signing an autograph for the officials. I'm just not like, if you say you got about a hundred dollars, whether he was signing an autograph, I'd say he wasn't. Now I know, I don't know that I want to make that clear, but the video is, it sounds, I cannot imagine in 2022 because you hear the official saying, Hey Mike, Hey Mike, and then he turns around, and I, I think he may have had to sign something yeah. that had nothing to do with an autograph. And on top of, was that after the game? Yes, he was in the tunnel. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean they just gotten worked over by a garbage team that had garbage. fired their head coach, had traded away their star player, and he's going to sign an autograph. I just, it just does not strike me. But at the same time. I mean, I'm the guy who said the one team who can't win the World Series, the Philadelphia Phillies. Right. And I gave you a five-star play on the Jaguars against the Giants. <laughs> so I recognize my credibility with the audience is low. Yeah, I when I saw it, I was just like, it looks like they're autographing. He's like signing the tiniest piece of paper. Is If he's a captain, I, I'm not sure. If he's a captain, they might have to sign something after the game, do it, say this or that. It just It would really surprise me if a referee – with they know cameras are around, would ask for an autograph. I just cannot believe that that's what was going on there. Right, agreed. So the question, the NFL is investigating refs, 
uh, my reaction, that's my reaction, is that I don't think it happened. And I'm looking for an update, and there is no update. I don't know how you don't, like, the... <laughs> I don't know how you don't get on the phone with the officials. Hey, did you ask an autograph? No, we were asking... Okay, thank you. That'll close the investigation. <laughs> well, in NFL-style review, replay reviews and investigations might take a little while. I am telling you. So... I love the headlines. NFL launches review after video apparently shows on-field officials asking for Mike Evans. This apparently thing. Yeah, boy. <sighs> but then I'm going to get going. Then I'm going to go off on a tangent. Uh, so I will just hold my fire. Uh, but there is no update on it, at least as of this morning, no, searching headlines. Uh, the 49ers move for Christian McCaffrey. You're just asking me to react. Well, we talked about the possibility of McCaffrey being on the move in the last little piddles over under... I can't remember what it's all called. Knee-jerk reaction corner. Knee-jerk reaction corner. And now that he has made the move, your thought, I mean, the Niners are getting one of the best players in the league. I mean, tip of the cap. Yeah. That that takes them, you know, Jeff Wilson's a legit running back. I think he flies under the radar relative to other great backs. Not to say that he's a great, but he's a certainly good, just not a household name running back. Um, But, hey, I respect it. You know, then one might go, well, the Rams, you know, basically went all in and you were critical of that. The Rams are so leveraged that if they didn't do it last year, they were doomed. In right. this case, the 49ers, relative to the price that they paid, was less than what the Rams have paid for. Take your pick of the 30 different moves they made in order to get to that one Super Bowl. But they did it, and they will have so much value in Los Angeles for having done it in that building that Stan Kroenke can't do any wrong there. So there it is. So I guess in his mind, it was worth it. Um, but from my standpoint, big time support of that move oh, yeah. by the 49ers. It takes them from kind of a team going, yeah, I guess they could do it to a team going, man, how about the 49ers? Right, right. With Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. That's awesome. And and Kyle Shanahan has one of the better run schemes in all of football. You match that up with one of the best running backs. It's a match made in and heaven. If Kittle's and healthy, he's super An dangerous. unbelievable run blocker. But the Panthers, too, getting all those picks for a 26-year-old. See, like, if it's not going to happen, yeah. move. Yep. And that's what's bothered me about the Cardinals in 16, 17, and 18. I'm like, it's not happening. You know, and I say that. That, and as I say that, I have some self-awareness here on this, and that is, I'm sure the Phillies were like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Right. And they fired their manager in June. And now here they are, four wins away from a world championship. So, I don't know. But my whole thing with it's not going to happen. And then the 2006 Cardinals, who said, is that going to happen? Hell no. I would have right. said that at the start of the playoffs. Final one, the World Series goes over under five and a half games. Uh, I'll say over. Hmm. I'll say over. Yeah, I agree just because of the Philly atmosphere. I mean, the Astros are going to like, that's going to be a tough atmosphere to play in. I don't know if that stuff matters. I think it matters more to fans and media than it does to players. That might be the case. That might be the case. I just feel, I just, I haven't seen an atmosphere like Philly for baseball in a long time. I haven't seen that kind of intense. And maybe it's because of the last few World Series teams, you know, Dodgers, Braves aren't necessarily the most passionate fans, but the Phillies, man, I just, I think it's a, a, a factor. I think it's a Yeah, factor. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I just think it gets overvalued because it's so clear. Sure, sure. Cold weather city. present, and, you ha- and then you have what you had happen with Harper's home run um, that, you know, draws a great deal of attention to it because that moment was so significant. It sends that team to the World Series for the first time in 13 years, and it's Harper in the bottom of the eighth, down a run with that series going back to, San Diego. I mean, that was that was that was kind of Matt Adams, Clayton Kershaw. If they don't win there, I'm sure they would have been a little tight in Philadelphia. That yeah, they're up three to two, 
But the Cardinals were up 3-1 to one against the Giants in 2012, a decade ago, and that thing went back to San Francisco, and it didn't go very well. So if you have a chance to close it out in five, got to do it. That's why that home run was so significant, even though it was a 3-1 series. All right, Chris Kerber is going to join us coming up. Action Jackson uh, gave his Mount Rushmore, hashtag Mount Rushmore, top four cities, best sports cities in America, and you've turned the tables to ask me for that today? Mm-hmm. All right, I've got it for you next. Sweet. And then Chris Kerber, 1045. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. The team I was thinking of. Oh, I forgot to remind you. Yeah. Boy, I'm having a rough show. Cut that off. <laughs> you want to take a guess? You've heard me talk about it. It's them, the Red Wings. It is. The year 2002? You shipped it. Yes. Look at you over here, Mr. 01. Hockey. I was between 01 and 02, and I went 02. They got the Blues in five. Pronger got hurt in that series. I don't know if it would have mattered. It was, they just were in another world. And if you look at that roster, for real, even even yourself, somebody who put the Blues on a secondary television last night to watch the Bulls and Celtics, you'd go, oh my God, they were all on one team together? But they lost 17 games. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that the 2022-2023 Blues are the 2002 Red Wings, but my point is it's going to happen. And it's just inevitable. Right. If there's a large sample size of some scoring issues, then we have a different conversation. But I do feel like some Blues fans are on edge about scoring because of the Perron thing, and I understand it. But uh, to start the season 3-1, and one, especially with three of those games on the West Coast, granted one of them's against Seattle, uh, but one of them's against Minnesota, or excuse me, uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton, um, I will take that. That's my premise. Let's see how things play out here over the next few games. They will get a, You'll get a lot of action here starting tomorrow night, and you can catch the action. Blues and Oilers again, pregame at 6 p.m. right here on 101 ESPN. All right, Jackson kind of fumbled around his Mount Rushmore of sports cities yesterday. What'd you go with? St. Louis. Okay. Pittsburgh. Okay. I went uh, Boston. Okay. And I think I put New York in there. So you're passionate about this list. Yeah. It was really it was a rock-solid list. Yeah, St. Louis, Pittsburgh. Boston, New York. Now, I am putting in St. Louis right away. This is not to endear myself to the audience. I don't think I am likable is the word I would use. So I don't think it matters anyway. But I don't know if I would put St. Louis in it if I didn't live in St. Louis. Because I live in St. Louis, there is a passion for sports that goes beyond just the Blues and Cardinals. In addition to it, I would say this. I think one of the keys for what I consider to be a great sports city, if we really are doing the top four hashtag Mount Rushmore of sports cities, can be a flaw in a sense for a city's growth, and that is it's a provincial city. Mm -hmm. So if it's a provincial city, and by that I mean you live here, you probably will live here all your life, your parents lived here, they lived here all their life, their parents lived here, your kids will live here all their life, right. that whole thing. Well, then, therefore, your your sports fandom is passed down from generation to generation, and you pass it down, and it becomes a tie that binds that I think increases the emotion of watching games. Because I would imagine in 2019, there weren't just people who were emotional about the Blues winning for themselves as fans and for the city, but thinking about people who are no longer around who would have loved to have seen that. And that made, or seeing their children 
get to celebrate something that they cared about when they were kids, but never happened. And I think that brings out more passion. Um, So therefore, and maybe you see a similarity here, I'm going to go with Cleveland as another one. Mm -hmm. Do you like that play? Oh, yeah. That's uh, their sports are their identity. And they're also kind of a tortured fan base. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cavs got them one, but uh, the Browns have had their issues. The Guardians are now the Cubs, although not nearly as famous as the Red Sox and right, Cubs' right. problems uh, in the postseason, lack thereof. So uh, I just think that's a passionate fan base that has some similarities to St. Louis. Yep. Um, I do. I'm going to put Philadelphia in there because it's all about passion for me. Yep. I don't think there's passion in Atlanta comparable. No. I don't think there's passion in Dallas. I don't think there's passion in Los Angeles. Passion in Miami. I like those cities as a place to live in or yeah. visit, but as far as passion, when they're transient cities, when people don't grow up there, it's kind of like, oh, the Heat are playing well and they have LeBron and Chris Bosh and D. Wade. Well, then we got to go to the game to be seen. We're not living and dying with a win or loss like you have in St. Louis and Cleveland and Philadelphia. Right. And I would also go with Boston. Yeah. So you like my you like my Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I think I might have put Philly in there yesterday. It's your list. How do you not know? Well, that's a lot of Pennsylvania. I don't think I would have gone double, double PA. No well, offense. Now you're to, with yourself. No offense to the wonderful state of Pennsylvania, but uh, state. is it? That's not Commonwealth, is it? No, I don't think so. Regardless, how uh, many arguments can one person have with themselves in one segment? I'm going to set the record. Um, but uh, yeah, Philly, Philly, Boston, love it. And I think Cleveland is, like, more of a representation of, like, that Midwestern Rust Belt. Like, our sports are our identity. It's a part of our culture. And so I like that list a lot, Tim. Tim, each time Jackson talks basketball, an angel loses its wings. Thanks. It's the 314. Interesting. Uh, from the 3 and 4, in that vein of sports, it is you should consider Buffalo. You know what? I, I, if I'm adopting a team, it's the Buffalo Bills. I was kind of doing this here for the last couple of years. Certainly they're fun to watch. Yeah. But I do feel just horribly. One of my favorite 30s for 30s is the Four Falls of Buffalo. Major recommendation on that about the four Super Bowl teams and losing. And really one of them was only close. Uh, and it was the first one, Scott Norwood. So uh, I will be adopting or have adopted the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Donnie Fandango, passionate Bills oh, yeah. fan. Um, so, yeah, that, I'm, I feel good about my list. Great list, Tim. Do you really? Yeah. I, I, I mean, humor a lot, me. we have similar. Don't you humor me. We have... Don't you humor me. I, you're Ray Liotta, I'm Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah, well, my clown. Uh, I'm you. <laughs> uh, I think we had three of the same ones. If Philly, if I did put Philly in there, it could replace Philly for Pittsburgh and then keep New York. But we had three similar ones, so yeah, I think that we're spot on. Um, all right, uh, your thoughts are welcome. Uh, and uh, Chris Kerber is going to join us on the other side of the break to talk about the festivities last night. Uh, that is coming up next. This is Balloon Party on ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for Curbside. He shoots, they score! With the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. They score! Bring out the ceremony! Refreshed by Randall's, St. Louis's number one liquor store. Visit shoprandalls.com. And welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It is our pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, the voice of the St. Louis Blues, Chris Kerber. Good morning, Kerbs. Morning, Tim. How are you? Wonderful, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's been a long time with uh, some travel. Uh, let's get your thoughts on on what took place last night with the Blues. Grice good. The Blues were hanging around there in the second period, and then the dam broke in the third period. Your analysis, sir. Yeah, Grice was fantastic, and that was really about it. Uh, you know, the the effort and the team game and the 
the cohesiveness that was there for the Edmonton game uh, was not there, almost non-existent, it looked like last night. And I think you give the Winnipeg Jets some credit for that, but Craig Berube told us prior to, to the game in the morning, he said, look, we're going to have to be a five-man unit in all three zones for for this game, and, and it just didn't happen. The passing was just off. It hit off a stick. It bounced right to the Jets, and you know, Tim, there's just the Jets have won 17 of the last 22 meetings between these two teams yeah. in, in the regular season. There, there's something about just that style of play that they have, and kind of combined with just the excellent goaltending of Connor Hellebuck, that just gives the Blues fits, and they don't have an answer for it. Yeah, it is so weird because, um, of course, the Blues' first step to get to the Cup in 2019 went through Winnipeg. But, yeah, in the regular season, the numbers are really eye-opening when you take a look at that large of a sample size. Uh, With regards to the play overall, they adjusted their play to have success and shut down the Oilers on Saturday. Um, So from a positive standpoint, they head home after this early trip and this random scheduling uh, in a pretty good spot. Uh, How would you characterize things when you incorporate the trip to Seattle, Edmonton, and Winnipeg with what you have seen so far? Yeah, listen, I think it's been a really good, strong start to the season. Uh, I, I think that, you know, um, the, the penalty killing has been fantastic. They didn't allow a shot on goal until the Jets had a power play last night. And even though the Jets had almost nine minutes of power play time, the Blues only allowed, I think, a total of seven power play shots. Like, it, it, it wasn't extensive by any means. So I, I think there's some positives there. I think we've seen that this team has the ability to put some offense. Um I, you're seeing a slow start to uh, the O'Reilly Kairou Saad line. Uh, Brandon Saad injured, so he didn't play yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Pavlovich Navich, you know, what was originally called the maintenance day, clearly uh, may not have been. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there, whether he ends up on IR or whether he's able to go. But something will be done along, along those kind of lines. And, you know, and then, of course, the Blues still have Tyler Pitlick bouncing around. So we'll see if maybe if. Something happens with Butch Navich, Tyler Pitlick comes into the fold. You know, those are question marks yet to be answered. Um, I, I think that, you know, if I've got one concern, you know, this is a team that's good at offense. And, and they just don't want to throw anything to the ever, anything and everything to the net. They want to make it good chances. But there hasn't been one game where they've had over 28 shots on goal. And so I don't know that they're generating enough on that side of things. So I think there's some growth to be had there. But that's part of the early learning curve. I mean, you play eight preseason games, and I think your whole team only played one of them. So, you know, it, it, it takes a little while. So the fact I think that you're starting, you know, three and one is actually a really good start. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I was curious. The nature of the beast is if the Blues struggle offensively with the Perron subject being such a hot-button issue for a lot of fans, and I understand it, I'm by no means dismissing it, that that becomes kind of a default play, is, man, it's a shame that the Blues don't have David Perron because look at this team, they're really struggling. And I'm, you know, and, and that's, that's something that the team is going to hear, at least some fans are going to have that conversation in the early going if there is a struggle on offense. And so to hear you, you not necessarily bring up Perron per se, but to talk about it, I think that's what some people are observing. Yeah, they beat Edmonton, but it was one nothing up until the empty netter, and last night they got shut down. So looking at the scoring chances, that's the place where you could see there being some growth opportunities here when they get a chance to play three games over four nights. Yeah, well, look, yeah, absolutely. But you know, like Jordan Cairo, Jordan Cairo can create offense in and of himself, like he can do it on his own. Uh, you know, but but 
there's going to be ways to use your teammates to make that offense come better. You know, um, I, I thought Brandon Saad had a good game with O'Reilly and, and Cairo against Edmonton. We didn't get to see that get followed up uh, in, because of the injury there. Um, you have Pavel Butchnevich is a big piece of the puzzle out of the lineup right now. You know, Logan Brown came in for his first game, and he hadn't played since game three of the preseason. So, you know, there, there's going to be some some ups and downs in there that, that, that are going to cause you some hiccups there. But it's two games in a row that the other team's goaltender has either been the number one star or the number two star, at least by the way that Joe Vitale and I give him out on the radio. And we don't always align with the way the official, um, you know, stars are. But, you know, to do that, you, like there just wasn't traffic enough in front of Hellebuck. A lot on the outside, not enough on the inside. Um, you know, last night. And and then, you know, discipline really became a problem. That's the first game that discipline was an issue yesterday. So, yeah. you know, all, all in all, plenty of good plenty of good stuff. There's, there's plenty of good stuff to build. And now that you've played four games, the coaches are starting to have some coachable moments too. And with, with such a stop-and-go start to the season in terms of days off and things like that, some of that's been a little difficult. So uh, the one thing I know is that they'll get it figured out. But, again, three and one after four games, that's a good start in the Central Division. Final thought, uh, what we've seen from the goaltenders. We talked about Grice last night, but Jordan Bennington carrying over the momentum from what we saw uh, in uh, the Minnesota series, second half of the Minnesota series, and uh, his brief stay in the Avalanche series. That has to be encouraging for the Blues. I think, listen, if, if there is, uh, other than you know maybe the penalty kill uh, and yeah. things, I, I think the brightest start is clearly clearly the goaltending i mean they have they have been really really good and the team's been given a chance to win every night because of it and like we said they've won three of the four so no you're absolutely right that is a that is a major bright spot and you've got to be really encouraged with what you saw from thomas Grice, even though the team lost i mean he gave them every opportunity to win it was a great performance by him last night blues and oilers tomorrow night right here on 101 espn chris kerber and joey vitale on the call pregame at 6 p.m curbs always enjoy the conversation thank you so much for the time this morning all right tim have a great week you too that's chris kerber with us here and it's time for us to shut it down bk and ferrari are coming up next for action jackson i'm tim mckernan this has been balloon party on 101 espn you've been listening to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn